0: Welcome to the Mode Knit Yarn Podcast. In each episode, Annie Modesa, that's me, or Kathleen Piscusi, my partner, or both of us will chat with some cool person from the knitting world, someone you may have heard of, or perhaps just someone down the street who we think you'd enjoy meeting. Episode 12 features Courtney Kelly, owner, along with Kate Gagnon Osborne, of Kelborn Woolens, the sole distributor of the fiber company Yarns. Courtney is a delight. Maybe it's because we would both finished a long week of classes, maybe because we're both East Coasters at heart, but whatever the reason, we had the best time chatting together after Marketplace Hours at Interweave Yarnfest. We discussed different types of knitting, being a sporty person, and, of course, musicals. We both sing. Prepare yourselves.
1: and I am Courtney Kelly and that is what I know. How's our sound level looking?
0: Sound level is perfect. Great. Courtney Kelly, it's the best sound level ever.
1: Excellent. excellent. (laughs) Hopefully when I laugh it won't get too overwhelming.
0: If it does, I know how to fix that. I know how to compress and I know how to
1: do all that crazy stuff. What program do you
0: use? It's called Voice Recorder.
1: Oh, is and it just the voice recorder that comes on the iPhone, or do you, do
0: you It's you a, different one. a different one? It's a different one, but I really like it a lot. It does a good job, and then I use Audacity, mm-hmm. which is a free application, and you can do some pretty decent audio editing with that. Cool. So I have yes. about nine pod- podcasts lined up to be edited at this point. I know, I know, I know. Yeah. We're getting at like one a month. Yeah. My my dream
1: one day, there's, there's so much to do, mm-hmm. but I want to have a
0: yarn group
1: podcast. I feel like that would be cool. That's all just like industry insider
0: stuff. That would be great. Wouldn't that be neat? I think probably the only way to do it would be like do it like a Skype thing, yeah. you know. But I think that would be really, really helpful. And the question is how... You know, what would the ground rules be? How honest do people feel they could be? How, you know, upfront and that sort of thing? Mm-hmm. Or would it just be kind of like like a happy talk advertisement, you know?
1: Yeah, I feel like I would want it to be like, you know, obviously in order to get anyone to do it, you would have to let them kind of plug their Oh, of course. Their thing. Of course. Um,
0: By the way, you got anything you want to plug? No. <laughs> always.
1: We'll be, we'll be talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> I better think of what we have coming. <laughs> um. Um. But I feel like the thing that I always find so fascinating is like the history behind how, like, the industry sort of unfolds. Mm-hmm. I was at the Craft Yarn Council meeting last year and met Mary Colucci,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who I had emailed with like a few times over the years, yeah. but never really like knew. And she was like, "Oh yeah, I remember. Like, I was there when TNA was founded. I was like one of." That was the original,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: like, board president of TNNA, and I was like, really? I want to know all about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a tunnel you might not want to go down, but, you know. But I
1: think it's interesting, especially as the industry changes and gets younger Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and And I don't just mean, like, an age, but just, like, newer companies... No, I totally understand. don't have, like, that history of having been going to TNNA for 20 years. Exactly. It's, like, kind of neat to know why we're all here and what the ground rules were before you showed up. Yeah. And how you're disrupting the system.
0: You do TNNA with Mm -hmm. your company, Mm -hmm. and say the name of your company, so we...
1: I am the owner of Kelbourne Woolens, uh-huh. we are the North American distributors of the Fiber Company Yarns.
0: Very nice. Very nice. Do you distribute other yarns or have any other lines that you do?
1: No, we are the exclusive distributors of the Fiber Company Yarns. And I say we because I have a business partner, right. Kate Gagnon Osborne, who is not at this event. Right. Me, but, um,
0: and you guys often teach together. Yeah,
1: we, we team teach a lot. Uh-huh. Um, but we both have had babies this year.
0: That's um, nice.
1: And I don't mind traveling with a baby. Right. But I understand that not everybody relishes that.
0: And not every baby <laughs> likes to travel. Yeah. You not know, some babies travel better it. than others. Yeah. yeah. It's not always the right time.
1: Yeah.
0: So. Yeah. Well, that's excellent. So you, how long, how many years have you been going to TNNA? I
1: started going to TNNA. I I worked for Lisa Myers, who at the time owned Rosie's Yarn Cellar, Mm -hmm. which was prior to that Sophie's Yarns. Right. Um, Lisa is now the distributor of Manos del Uruguay for North America. Um, But at the time, she owned Rosie's, and I worked for her. Right. So I would go to the shows with her um, to. Buy stuff for the right. store. That was I probably went for the first time. She probably has a better memory than I do, but I think it must have been around two thousand and three.
0: Okay. So, a while. And your company. When was the first? Do you, you go to the company and show? You you show it to you today now with your company. And when was the first time you went as a vendor with a booth? Two thousand
1: and eight. Two thousand
0: and eight. Yeah. Excellent. Our
1: very first show. It was. A winter show, I believe.
0: So that was out in California. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and then we've done it every year since.
0: Excellent. Do you do both shows or just one?
1: We do both. Although this year they have decided that this past January twenty seventeen, mm-hmm. they're going to change the format of that January show from right. being a convention center show to a smaller, uh, like hotel show. Exactly. Um, so we may not do the winter show next year. Yeah. Um, but we'll see. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's a wise decision on their part. I
1: think so, too. Yeah. Um, it's I have, always kind of been a smaller show. Yes, it has. So it makes sense to put it in a more affordable, like, more intimate environment. I'm, exactly. I think it'll be really nice. Yep.
0: Yeah. I, I renew my membership to TNNA every year, but I haven't been to TNNA in a few years. Mm -hmm. Um, my own company is not big enough to go and I'm not even sure how many wholesale accounts we want. We have a nice amount now, but we don't really want more. Yeah. So there'd really be no point in going and trying to, you know, get it going. Right. Um, you can tell
1: you were ready to like really open up wholesale to, you know, anybody who wanted it.
0: Yeah.
1: It can get overwhelming really fast.
0: Exactly. And I don't. Neither my business partner nor I want to be in a position where we are promising more than we can deliver, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. right now we seem to be growing at a nice clip and about as fast as we want, not terribly fast, which is great. It's good. It's very good. We're well, very slow happy. Slow and steady
1: wins the race.
0: That's what I think, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, it, it's a business and we like to, it, it's, it's good to have the business, it's good to have the business going well, but we really want to have decent lives too. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the whole reason you do this.
1: Work-life balance is important.
0: It's great. Yeah. It's great. So you used to work at Rosie's Yarn Cellar. Mm-hmm. I remember when that changed over. I was yeah. living in New Jersey at the time. And right around then I I was teaching. I used to teach at Craig's Shop, Loop. Oh, yeah. Every mm-hmm. now and then. Um... Are you a Philly native? Are you from Philly originally?
1: No, I'm actually from Maryland, um, right outside of Washington, D.C. Oh, lovely. Yeah, so not too far. Right, right, right. I went from D.C. to Chicago um, for college. Mm-hmm. And then after college, I moved to Philadelphia. And I've been there ever since. So we moved, I moved to Philly in 2001. Uh-huh.
0: Um, so, you
1: yeah. know, I'm not a Philly native, but my kids are. Yeah, well,
0: yeah. How many kids do you have?
1: I have two, and collectively we have three.
0: Oh, okay. I didn't know you had another child besides the baby. Mm -hmm. That's lovely.
1: they're 17, nine, and seven weeks old.
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) Nothing like a big old eight-year break between everything. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Well, I mean, you know what? That's a big enough break that there's not going to be a lot of um, sibling rivalry.
1: Yeah, they all get to be only children.
0: Exactly. Which is nice. And then you get built-in babysitters. Yes. Yeah. Is a 17-year-old good at babysitting? Oh, yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Thank God. I have a 20- to 21-year-old. Mine Great. were Thanks. like that. Yeah. They were actually too close, really, to have much sibling rivalry. They sort of we <laughs> were just always together. Yeah. I never knew that there was anything except each other, which How is How many nice. months apart are they? Uh Twelve. Nicely done. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. You know what? You can take that fourth cup of Passover wine. That's what we call Max. He's our fourth cup of Passover wine. Nice. <laughs> So, um, were you a knitter when you were in college, or did you start knitting when you moved to Philly, or what's the school? No, I,
1: well, I went to school, I was, I went to the School of the Art Institute of Chicago. Oh, nice. Yeah. I was going to be a painter. You were? That lasted for like one semester. I'm
0: so glad that you didn't say, I was going to be an artist. No, I wanted
1: to be a painter. Good. It was like the thing. Yeah. You know? Um, but... My second semester, I was signing up for classes. I had this, like, I really wanted to make stuff.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Like, I wanted to, like, make something. Yes, I didn't yes. know what I wanted to make. But I was just, like, looking through all the classes and, like, trying to think of something to take. Um, and I saw that they had weaving. And I was, like, like, weaving? Like, like, what? I don't even, like, we Like, on a, like, a thing? Like, those... Like Little House on the Prairie.
0: Like the rhyme of the Ancient Mariner?
1: Yeah, so I was like, I got, I'm going to take that. Like, I didn't even know that people did that.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't know that was a thing. Um, and I just loved it. And yeah. thought that it was so cool and weird. And all of the, like, professors in the fiber department right. were like, you know, they were like, practicing artists like in the 70s when all those like weird hairy hangings and like all that stuff so they had like everyone had this really cool vibe and I just thought it was that's
0: because of the hemp
1: pretty wild I I just really liked it and so then I was like okay well this is this is what I'm gonna do yeah so I stayed in the fiber department mostly I I dabbled in like a couple other things right that was really my focus and I took embroidery and I took a bunch of weaving classes and I did some silk screening and Mm -hmm. dyeing and Mm -hmm. you know just all kinds of stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and then I had a professor Lindsay Obermeyer who's still a working artist um, in fiber she does a lot with knitting and embroidery and crochet and stuff like that Um, she owned the weaving workshop at the time, and hired me and another student, Melissa Nelson, who now owns Starlight Knitting in
0: Portland, oh my. Oregon. Oh my We went goodness. to college together. Oh, that's so <laughs> nice. So now you've taken over both sides of the country.
1: Exactly. She's a much better weaver than I am.
0: Okay, well. Very technically, like... I'll be sure to really tell her that good. you said you're much better than she is and see what she says. You <laughs> would
1: be like, no, I'm better than, than
0: she
1: is. That's fine. <laughs> but so we, we both she started wishes. working at the weaving workshop, and one of the, the deals was that if I worked there, I also had to learn how to knit. Okay. And I was just like, oh, okay. Sounds fair enough. Like, that's fine. I know how to knit. Like, my grandma taught me when I was a kid. Sure she did. And I was like a terrible knitter but Lindsay like got me yeah got me going and um and then that was that was kind of that and I loved it yeah it was so it was just so much more nimble yeah than weaving it's it's
0: portable you can just turn on a dime it's great you can change
1: your mind without having to waste like hundreds of yards thousands of yards there is no
0: warp in knitting that's yeah. a bumper sticker we should do. There's
1: no warp in knitting. Yeah, that's true. So yeah, and that that was that. I just really liked it, and so I knit all through the rest of college. I kept working at the weaving workshop, um, and then when I graduated, the only really marketable skill that I had was working in a yarn store. So that's what it's it retail. Did. Yeah. So we moved to Philly. I cleaned houses for a yeah. while. Um, that sucks. Yeah, it it's humbling.
0: It is humbling. I I have I have worked as a maid myself, and it. You know what? I all
1: think, the best people have.
0: I agree. Either I think, you've
1: been a waitress or a housekeeper, house cleaner, or both.
0: Both. both. I've been both. Yep. I was a waitress at the Betsy Ross Coffee Shop in Toledo, Ohio. Nice. We had to wear little mob caps because it was <laughs> Betsy Ross. Oh. It was the most wonderful summer of my life. Man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Yeah, and then I I walked into uh, Sophie's Yarns on Lucas Street, which then became Rosie's Yarn Cellar. Right. And I asked for a job, and I got one.
0: Now, what happened to Sophie's Yarns? Because I I remember, I I lived in New Jersey. I didn't really go to yarn shops in Philly much, but I used to Mm -hmm. go to Philly a lot when I was in grad school. I would go there for... the fabric shops.
1: Yeah. The men's
0: tailor. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, because um, my graduate degree is from Rutgers in costume and set design. Oh, cool. And so I went down to Philly a lot for, you know, I would either go yeah. into New York for shopping, but Philly had, uh, oddly enough, they had better men's suiting. Mm-hmm. So I'd go down there if I were making a show that I had to, suits had to be built for or something. Yeah. But,
1: a lot of old Italian men. Don't oh, my like
0: heavens, them. yes. Yeah. And then we'd hit South Street, and then we'd have something good to eat, and then we'd go home. It'd only take about six or seven days to get out of the city in the traffic. Right. It was great. It was excellent. <laughs> Best time ever.
1: Yeah. So Sophie's Yarns was started by Lisa Myers. Okay. And Jennifer Carpenter. And they were business partners. And then um, Jennifer left to go, you know, do something different. Um so Lisa stayed and then Change the name of the shop.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. And cool. So, um,
1: that was that.
0: Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. It's, it's not still around on, in any... Okay. No.
1: Rosie's was open until, I think they closed last year. I've lost track of the years. Maybe mm-hmm. the year before, um, they closed. It was a bummer.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. We left Jersey in 2007, early in mm-hmm. 2007. And like just about the, really the weekend that we left was when weather-wise the shit began hitting the fan in New Jersey. Mm. And then we had, there were blizzards and floods and hurricanes and tornadoes. And we went to Minnesota where it was supposed to be so horrible and suddenly they have like this it great weather. weather. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm crediting myself with that, to be honest. It's I'm on. the bringer of the good weather. <laughs> so I apologize for what you've been suffering there in Philly. That's all right. We haven't
1: gotten it as bad as New sucks. Jersey has. Yeah. Yeah. I just miss our snowy winters. We haven't had good snowy winters. In
0: well, life. it's ridiculous because when you when you do get the, s- the snow, you get like eight feet, yeah. and then nothing. And then nothing. For
1: years, <laughs> exactly. you get nothing. Exactly. And then you're trapped in your house with no electricity for like days. <laughs> exactly.
0: Exactly. Well, you should come to Minnesota in the winter because yeah. it's an amazing place, and we also have this amazing textile center. Do you know about it? No. Yeah. It's where the guilds... Most of the guilds have their membership meetings, mm-hmm. and they also teach great classes there. They have this really good dye studio. You can actually, like if I wanted to, I could go rent out the dye studio and teach my own classes there. Oh, cool. It is an amazing building. It's right on the light rail line, so it's easy for people to get there for classes. They have great weaving classes and spinning classes, and they have a beautiful gallery. They have the Joan Mondale Gallery. They have a gift shop. It, it's I have I not seen anything like it in any other city.
1: Cool. In New I came York, out I haven't seen it. to Minneapolis for Vogue Knitting Live last fall. Right. And at that. Right. And I was so impressed by the quality of knitters.
0: Oh my goodness. They were yep.
1: such good knitters. Everyone out knits.
0: There. Everyone knits in Minnesota. Yeah. You have to, they don't let you move there unless you can prove you can knit.
1: Yeah. Stunning. It's true.
0: Oh, Franken knits. We all knit. <laughs> <laughs> Hubert Humphrey, great knitter. Paul Wellstone, you would not believe the knitting. <laughs> Amy Klobuchar, she's okay. I do know what it is. <laughs> She's our senator. Oh. <laughs> she and Al Franken are our senators. Got it. <laughs> I'm a wonk. I apologize. That's
1: okay. You guys <laughs> just elected the first Muslim woman we didn't. to your House of Representatives.
0: First Muslim woman true? that? I feel stupid that I don't know that.
1: I believe that is
0: true. I would believe it, because we have Keith Ellison, who's amazing.
1: Yeah, Keith Ellison is super cool. He's the
0: first Muslim in the house. I think
1: it's the, the state The state's house. house. Yeah,
0: yeah, I need to... I can't I, remember her name. I feel really stupid about not she's, knowing that.
1: Uh, I believe she's either Ethiopian... Or Somali. Or Somali. Probably
0: Somali. She's I actually,
1: Somali, I believe that. Because is we have is
0: a very same, large yeah. Somali community, mm-hmm. and we also have a very large Hmong community... Yeah. And it's an amazing place to live. We live in St. Paul. It's a sanctuary city. And it has some of the best food I've ever had. And I lived in New York for 20 years yeah. where's there, where there's great food. There's great food in the, twi- in the Twin Cities. Nice. So much really good ethnic food. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't even believe it. It's some of the best Asian food I've ever had. Nice. I know. Very okay. weird to say, but it's true.
1: Yeah, I think that's true more and more for, like, what... We would think of as smaller cities, yes, because they've had such a great influx of refugee communities. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, if you don't live in those cities, you don't understand what a boon it is for those cities to get more people moving to the city and exactly. starting businesses, and exactly, growing the economy, and you know, Philly's had a huge turnaround over the past ten years because we have thriving immigrant communities. Exactly. Um, and really good Cambodian food all oh, of a that's sudden. excellent.
0: You got pho shops all over the place? Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I got one down the street from me. Yeah. That's yeah. Good. Yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Although, I'm a super taster, so I can't take really spicy stuff, so I'm like, I am like, I go in, I'm like, give me the white girl pho. And they do, because <laughs> they know who I am. I'm like Mrs. Cleaver. Hi, yeah. <laughs> I'd like some of the mild stuff, please. Yeah,
1: just some... Just some. Mild
0: broth. Yes, just a touch of that. Maybe some lemongrass. grass. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hope if I come out again for uh, Vogue knitting Live this year, I assume they're going back to Minneapolis. I, I
0: don't, don't know. know. I, I don't think they were thrilled with the response. I don't <gasps> think the class is filled as much as they wanted. Oh, and I what know, a reason
1: to go back.
0: You know what? Why don't you see about teaching at over?
1: Oh, I will. That's
0: why I moved to Minnesota. I went and I taught at Yarn Over. It was mm-hmm. held at the Arlington High School. And I could not believe the level of the knitters.
1: Yeah. I was, I was like, so wait a minute. I into it. Because I teach fairly advanced yeah. classes. And it's really nice to get a room full of people who are like, yeah, we, I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Can you get to, like, the... Exactly. Like, skip ahead.
0: And... And, exactly, that's how I feel whenever I teach in Minnesota, I, I have that's to bring like, like a lot of extra stuff.
1: Yeah, there was a class that at the break, I ran up to my room and quickly charted a more complicated bohus mm-hmm. chart, ran to the copy center, printed it off, and was like, alright you guys, Try this
0: one. <laughs> well, you know, Minnesotans feel like if anyone in America owns Bohus, it's Minnesotans. Oh, yeah. Because there's the Swedish connection. We have the Swedish, you know, um, mm-hmm. the Swedish, what, what is it, uh, Swedish something center, Swedish, uh, what is it, Civil, civilization center? Oh, come on. What's the one I'm looking for? Uh, heritage. Well, heritage center. I, I don't know, but they had this amazing Bohus exhibit about 10 years ago and
1: yeah I mm, remember when that was there
0: and I probably. went to it with my knitting group friends mm-hmm. all of whom were wearing bohoos. everyone there was wearing boho. I was not I was the only one because I because you're I'm, from
1: New Jersey I'm
0: well I'm from Ohio actually <laughs> okay but I'm allergic to angora oh, so I had to like yeah. leave the room several times so I could go breathe because oh. I have asthma but yeah. I loved seeing it I would just touch it and then leave the room yeah
1: when I teach it I don't have people knit with the angora yarn mm-hmm. just because it's so irritating it's to scary. so many people yeah. even if you're not like allergic to it the, it's,
0: it gets the in your eyes easily it gets in your eyes and your yeah. nose
1: and it's it's just irritating no I I, I want
0: a beautiful kit and I gave it to a friend of mine because I'm like yeah. there's no way I could knit this
1: oh yeah oh I love it yeah but I understand that not everybody has that
0: I love it yeah ability to it will kill me
1: I'm glad I'm not
0: wearing any I'm anymore. like an alcoholic right now. you know I love it I want it I could have a lost weekend, I could have like Angora yarn and a string out the window and I pull it up like Raymoland, you know, with the bottle and the string. <laughs> Trying to convince people I'm not really a alcoholic. But then you'd find me dead on the floor of the hotel, some cheap. Smothered drop in, house smothered in smothered With an ang- with a rabbit laughing in the corner. <laughs> exactly.
1: Just like that.
0: <laughs> Just like that. So um I'm assuming that, you know, you got all these kids, you must have a fella. Yes. Is he a Chicago fella? Or a,
1: no, no, a, native Philadelphian.
0: He's a Philly, Philly guy. Yeah. Is he a Philly fan?
1: Of the baseball? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, we, we sometimes go to the baseball game. <laughs> I like I how get, you made that
0: distinct, distinct, uh, the just, baseball game.
1: I just don't, I'm not.
0: You're not a baseball fan.
1: No, he's sporty.
0: Yeah, I, you're not sporty.
1: I don't know about
0: sports. I know nothing about sports. I don't have that gene. Yeah. No one in my family, my dad, my brother, no one had the sport gene. No. I used to, I played basketball, but I still had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. It was just like throw in the basket, I throw in the basket.
1: I don't do sport. I don't sport. I'm not sporting.
0: I bike. <laughs> I love to bike.
1: I like to bike. Yeah. We bike. I like to hike.
0: Good That's for hiking. you. Good um, for you. I
1: don't need to like climb a mountain, but like, yeah. I, I could go for a day hike. I think that's nice.
0: Well, we went for what we thought was going to be a day hike. My husband and I went to Italy. Mm-hmm. We were in the um, uh, uh, the five towns Cinque Terre, whatever place. It's it's this beautiful national park on the Mediterranean. We were like, oh, we'll do the walk from one town to the next. It's going to be wonderful. And we did, it's a friggin' mountain. I felt like friggin' friggin' Mother Superior from, you know, The Sound of Music. We're like climbing up the damn mountain. It was hell. It was the Baton Death March of vacations. It's
1: amazing. It
0: was so bad.
1: That would have been us.
0: Oh yeah. my God! And like the thing is, we got like partway, and we're like, we can't stop because going back would be worse because it was mm-hmm. so steep.
1: That's the problem with hiking is that you get there and you're like, oh, I did it, oh, but then you have God. to go back.
0: Coming down was worse. Yeah. I'm dragging my cancer ridden husband up the mountain and down the mountain, <laughs> and he's doing better than I am because I'm just a lump with a couple of legs.
1: So I'm like
0: walk. Oh, it was just it was hideous. It was hell. Take that. Yeah. And I had read all these reviews on TripAdvisor that were like, I'm a 63 year old woman, and if I can do this, you, you can do her. it. I'm going to find that woman. I'm going to find out where she lives. I'm going to go stand in front of her house.
1: She goes to the gym three times a week. I do not. Yeah, no, I don't
0: either. She should have said that. Yeah. I'm a 63 year old g- woman who goes to the, the gym, gym every three times a time week. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so that was my last hiking adventure. Yeah,
1: that's, that's my. that's really the extent of my sporting. I you know.
0: Do you ever do any competitive knitting?
1: No, but I would win. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm gonna play I'm this just back.
1: Kidding. I'm like not competitive. I'm gonna
0: play this back to Lily Chen, and she would see she, see what she says. Oh
1: yeah, she's, she is the
0: most competitive.
1: She's a fast knitter.
0: She's very fast knitter. Yeah, you know I'm a
1: fast knitter, but I'm probably not as fast as she is, and. I'm probably not as competitive as she is. You know who's so faster just... than
0: Lily Chen? Hmm. You know who's faster than Lily Chen?
1: Who?
0: Me. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I, I ju- yeah, just put that out there, Lily.
1: I think that's a challenge. You
0: going to pick it up? You're just going to let it sit there? I think she's going to pick that up. She picks everything up. That's what I've heard.
1: Maybe Mason Dixon Knitting could host a challenge between <laughs> oh my me and you and Lily oh Lord to oh see both who is really the fastest and who gives up the soonest. I know,
0: I know. <laughs> I think it would just all be about the trash talk. It would yeah. just entirely be the trash talk. Yeah.
1: That's that's really so my my nine year old. We got him a basketball hoop for the driveway for Christmas. That was, like, the big gift. It is a big gift. He was so excited. Loves to play basketball. Always wants me to come out and play Mm -hmm. basketball with him. And I do, because I'm a good sport. Right. Well, see, you
0: are a sport. You're a good sport.
1: I'm a good sport. I'm not good at basketball. But he's nine. Yeah. So he's not good at basketball. You know, if you can't take a
0: nine-year-old, just give up.
1: So... I just make sure that I talk a good game. Yeah. This is is my angle. Mm -hmm. He doesn't know that I'm not good. Mm -hmm. I just talk like I'm really good. Someone's
0: got to teach the kid about smack.
1: Yeah. It's all about how good your smack talk game is.
0: I agree. That's gotten me through life. Pretty much. You know, here's the secret to parenting I've learned. You allude to the fact you're really good at something. The kids hound you for the details, and you refuse to give it to them. Yeah. Like, oh, no, no, you really don't want to hear about that. Yeah. And then you haven't really lied to them, but they think you're a superwoman.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This exactly. Is, this is how I'm really good at basketball.
0: Or like I'm
1: also five feet tall, so obviously I'm a champion basketball player. Yeah, well. My claim to fame, which has totally impressed the child, is yeah. that when I was in elementary school, in gym class, we were probably in first or second grade, You know, we're, like, doing the basketball thing, and they're, like, now everybody try and make a shot from, like, this part of the court. And all these parts of the courts, I'm sure, have names, but I don't know what they are. And that's fine. And then we had to do a shot where you turn backwards and throw the ball over your head behind you and try and make a basket, and I did it. Right. Like, just on sheer luck.
0: No, that's pure skill. That's nothing but skill.
1: Well, so we set up the basketball hoop, and then... Me and Nick and the kid are outside. Yeah. And we're all like, you know, we're playing, what is it, horse. Okay, sure. Where you sure. Like shoot the ball and then the next person has to try and make the same shot. Okay. And I was like... Let me tell you a story about when I was in elementary school, and this amazing thing happened. So now I'm in every a, story should begin that way. I'm in it like, <laughs> it's really hard. Like it's a really hard shot to do. Like you will yeah. never be able to do it. Never. And so I did never. it. I did it again. No, you didn't. And I got it. You are lying. And I was like,
0: just yeah. You yeah. were for the audience at home. She's buffing her nails yeah. on her beautiful shawl.
1: Yep. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. We're done. I'm exactly.
0: Yeah, see ya. You guys have fun. Wouldn't want to be you. And
1: now I am, I'm a legend in our house, both times.
0: It's skill. I'm telling you, it's pure skill. <laughs> we could set up a hoop and see if you could do that here. That could be like the most fun we have all day.
1: Like, never be able to do it again.
0: You know what I have in the bedroom right now? A basketball net. I do. <laughs> no, I don't. Do you know what I have in the bedroom right now? No. Do you really want to know?
1: Yeah. Really? Yes. Really? Really.
0: Okay. I have a bicycle. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I have a folding bicycle, and I take it wherever I go so I can ride, because if I do six to seven miles a day, I don't have any pain from my fibromyalgia.
1: that's brilliant. So
0: I'm Mrs. Bicycle.
1: So you go out and you ride. I ride. Where did you ride today?
0: I did not ride today, because I had two classes. Mm -hmm. What I did this morning is I got up really early, and I thought I'd be, like, the most helpful business partner ever, because Kathleen does the booth stuff, and I'm, like, I dye the yarn, and then I do, like, the teaching to, like, you know, go buy the yarn. Um, because I'm, like, Harold Hill. Yeah. Okay. So... I don't know
1: who that is, but I'm just, yeah. He's
0: the character from The Music Man. You weren't in musicals in high school, were you?
1: I was, but not that one. Okay. I was in Godspell.
0: <laughs> you were? Who were you in Godspell? <laughs> I don't remember. Oh, that's great. But I
1: sang that, Oh, Bless the Lord, My Soul. Yeah,
0: very nice. Yeah. Very nice. I did, I did that one.
1: That was my part. I don't remember the part.
0: That's excellent. Yeah when I was in high school everybody did Godspell at least once because it was the 70s. Yeah. It was required by law in Ohio. You had to do it once, once a year.
1: It wasn't the 70s, so I don't know why we did it. I also did it because your teacher obviously to went to high school in the 70s. School, so I don't know why we did it.
0: Everybody did Godspell. I it didn't, it doesn't matter. I mean, thing. the JCC did yeah. Godspell. Come on. I was
1: also on fiddler on the roof.
0: <laughs> okay, that who were you so in that?
1: I was one of
0: were you one of the top three or you one of the lesser no, two? No, I was
1: one of the lesser two, but I don't yeah. remember which one.
0: Yeah, you were Brenda. <laughs> is there a Bre- there's
1: no there's Brenda? There's no Brenda. There's no Brenda. There's Debbie and
0: Brenda. Those are the two that. <laughs> I think I was. I think
1: I was Kathy. There's or Linda. huddle,
0: huddle, Zidle, Brenda, Kathy, and Marianne. <laughs> oh, which
1: one was that? I? I don't know. Oh, it's gonna make me crazy.
0: It's really funny you say that because the other day I was thinking about The Fiddler on the Roof and wondering yeah. how those girls feel who, who get those two minor parts. And like, it's like They're Matchmaker. Kind of matchmaker's like their big song, but even yeah. then they don't get to do that much. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It, it was kind of a bummer. I'm sad I didn't get a better part, but.
0: You got a part.
1: I got a part. So there were no small parts, that was cool. just
0: small actors. Like Five Foot Tall is a small actor.
1: Yeah, I was that. Uh, Still five feet tall.
0: Just saying. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, no. What else was I in? I feel like there were more. I don't know.
0: I was a music man. Yeah. I was Mrs. Peru. You have no idea what I'm talking about.
1: I don't
0: know that one. It's a shame. You should watch that musical because it's a really fun musical. It's fun. It was yeah. it was done in the sixties for um, as a movie and it's really fun.
1: I'm sure there's songs from it that I would recognize, and then some would be like, "Yeah, that's in the Music Man. That's yes, exactly. the Music Man," and I'd Gary be like, "Oh, Gary
0: Indiana, Gary Indiana, Indiana. That's from Gary, the Music Man. Indiana.
1: Yeah, I know yeah. that
0: one." Okay, well, see, that's all you really need to know. That was the song I sang. Cool. Like with an Irish accent.
1: Nice.
0: It was my proudest moment.
1: Yeah. Gary Indiana.
0: It's 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 a it's a pit. It's, it's just a.
1: Yeah, it's just what you go through to get to Chicago.
0: Yeah. It's
1: sad. Poor Gary.
0: Poor Gary. Poor Gary. I knew it well. Yeah. My daughter goes to college in Indiana.
1: Okay.
0: She goes to Richmond, and she she goes to Earlham in Richmond, Indiana. I
1: have no idea
0: where that is. Well, no one really does. Yeah. We like to keep it that way.
1: I know Indianapolis is there somewhere in the middle. It's
0: in the middle. Very nice.
1: And I know that. Gary is way up north, where you go through to get to Chicago. Exactly. That's all I
0: know. That's a shame. That's
1: the extent of my
0: Indiana knowledge. Oh, well, Pennsylvania. They
1: build um, RVs there.
0: Yeah. Okay. Somewhere. Winnebago. In yeah. No, that's Winnebago. No, Wisconsin. In Wisconsin,
1: but there's some other. Illinois. Trailers. Or I don't know what they the build. Them. I don't know.
0: John Deere's in Illinois. I know that they're in Peoria. <sighs>
1: God, oh. We're so knowledgeable.
0: I know we should actually <laughs> we should do a podcast that's all about facts about America that aren't true, but we would convince people they are, you know? Yeah. So, there Definitely. we go. You know what you can tell from this podcast that we are two teachers who have taught We've a taught lot of classes. Yeah. How many Now, what did you teach here? How, what, what was your slate of classes like? Okay,
1: on Thursday I taught Tyrolean knitting.
0: Well, that's good. Did you yodel? Did you wear lederhosen? I didn't. Did you no. eat a Black Forest cake in front of people?
1: No, because that would have been more Bavarian and less Tyrolean.
0: Great. Now you're the expert in geography.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, now as you're long the as big... we're not talking about the United States, I've got it. I got it down.
0: Anything to wreck a joke. Thanks a lot. <laughs>
1: no, it was a good class. That one's really fun. It was a small class. Because yeah? it was Thursday.
0: Do you sing Edelweiss? No. Okay. No,
1: but I do get to talk about the Sound of Music.
0: <laughs> I was so in the Sound of Music.
1: If you if you take Tyrolian knitting with me ever anywhere, people listening. People, you should. I will get to talk about the Sound of Music. Do you
0: dress up like uh, Maria?
1: No, but she's I a do have some some very cute German dresses that maybe I should bust out for the. Although you they might not fit anymore. Make them out of curtains. Children.
0: No. Okay. But I played I played Sister Berta, the bitchy nun. That was me. Nice. She's a headache. That was my bit. Thank you. It's a good one. Thank you, audience at home. Thank you. You're welcome. So after Tyrolean so knitting... So
1: Tyrolean was on Thursday, and then I did
0: Bohus. Mm-hmm. So you're traveling from Germany up to Sweden.
1: Oh, wait, no. Tyrolean, and then in the evening, I did Rositude, about that what's rositude rositude is an estonian inlay technique huh. that kind of mimics embroidery on knitting but you you work it you work the embroidery or like inlay uh-huh. yarn into the work as you're knitting so you're never really knitting with a contrast color you're always knitting with the main color but right. it's a way to add color to your knitting do you
0: carry it like floats or i've never heard i feel so silly i've never kind heard of that
1: of, you know where you need to to go on the internet mm-hmm. to find out more information either on Ravelry or online is, right. um, Nancy Bush is really the like,
0: mm-hmm.
1: the, the foremost expert. The Rositude Rosetta
0: Stone? Yeah,
1: she's the one. I I teach like a, this is how you do the technique, mm-hmm. um, because when I was trying to figure out how to do it, I couldn't like find a lot of information about it, mm-hmm. so I like figured it out and... Um, it's really fascinating.
0: It sounds amazing. Um,
1: but uh, Nancy Bush is the one who has really done like all of the research and knows really a lot about the history of it. And so if you ever get a chance to take a class with her, um, I highly recommend it. Cool. Um, it was very, very cool. And then I did bohus, right, which is a Swedish colorwork technique. Right. Um, that I say in class, it's basically like, doing any kind of color work. Yeah. Except sometimes you pearl. Exactly. And then sometimes you're using three or four or six right. colors per round.
0: Right. That's Which all. is a lot.
1: Otherwise, it's absolutely the same.
0: <laughs> right. Well, you know. <clears throat> I think it's usually done on like size one needles. Yeah. Or something ridiculous like yeah, that. Yeah, that too.
1: But I don't make people use such tiny
0: needles. I thoughts. think that's wise. Yeah. That I like be... a four. Really?
1: I feel like that's... It's about right for like it's fine enough yeah. that things don't look messy. Yeah, but it's not so tiny that like the students revolt.
0: Exactly. You know, I'm kind of a needle snob—not a snob, but um, I'm—I I don't have a ton of rules. I have three rules in my classes, but one thing I do is if people are working and the needle is like absurdly the wrong size. I'll whip out in my needles and say, here, use these, please. Yeah. Because it's so counterproductive. If someone is like, like today I had someone who was using a DK yarn and like size nine needles. And it was mm-hmm. so, she couldn't see what was going on because there was so much space around every stitch. Yeah. So I gave her like some size sixes. And she's like, oh, I never use these. And I'm like, well, maybe it's time to maybe try. you should. And here's some Levoris. No,
1: I, I... I've been teaching for so long that in the beginning, you know, you're like, bring to class, like, three colors of sport weight wool mm-hmm. and size four double-pointed needles. Right. And people show up with, like, a bulky, like, mohair blend and a crochet hook, 24-inch size <laughs> two. Exactly. And you're just like, I don't, yeah, I. you can't, I, know. I just, I don't And the marketplace isn't open for an hour. I know. I know. So now I make kits. Oh, you do? Oh. And everybody gets, like, a kit. Okay. I still have them bring their own needles, but I have a wholesale account with Mm -hmm. Hiya Hiya. So I bring extra needles. Oh, excellent. And if people need them, I sell them to them. That's excellent. I hope that's okay. I
0: I think it's brilliant. I think, you know what? Many students, I think, would be like, this is exactly what I need. Because I don't want to have to be... I mean. I don't sell kits. The only time I really sell a kit in a class is when I'm doing knitting with wire mm-hmm. because people yeah. never bring the right wire. Yeah, no, that's too tricky. They always like yeah. go to the Home Depot and, you know... They
1: or, get, like a spool. Of, oh,
0: it's ridiculous. Like, Something they can sit on in class. Yeah. It's like, no, not telephone wire. Take it back. No, I don't say that. Get out of here. But I, 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 bring, I make kits up of what we're going to be using to do knitting with wire. Mm-hmm. But... Other than that, the techniques I teach, I don't teach anything that really requires a specific weight of yarn like that. Yeah. Um, My techniques are, you know, like cabling and, you know, stuff like that. So if they have a DK, if they have a bulky, that's fine, as long as they have needles that work well with it. Yeah. So in my little descriptions, for most of them, I say bring a light-colored, smooth worsted weight yarn and needles that work well with it they're
1: still gonna show up with like a variegated boucle alpaca. they
0: have no freaking idea what that means like what does that mean needles that work well and i'm like well that means needles that you feel comfortable well i never used this yarn before i'm like well that's great you
1: can read the label why don't you
0: borrow these size sevens you know
1: <laughs> yeah yeah i just you gotta just bring extra stuff Yes. and i think too like if you're you know everyone's showing up to class having not swatched Right. Yeah. so even if you say, like, bring a sport weight yarn and size 4 needles, uh, they're just going to bring that because that's what you told them to bring, which is fine. Even if they know that they're such a loose knitter that they usually have to go down to needle sizes, they're still going to show up with a size 4 needle because that is what you said.
0: When you get a loose, kn- loose knitter in your class, mm-hmm. what, what do you do? Do you, like, try to help them with their tension? Is it a question of if you have enough time? Do you usually just figure it, this isn't my ballywick right here or what?
1: One of those three.
0: One of those three. Excellent. It
1: depends. Yeah. Um, I, if it's, if it's like really egregiously mm-hmm. loose yeah. or really painfully tight, yeah. I will usually try to like be like, I'm going to watch you knit for a minute because yep. it looks like it. this, like, do you usually find that, you know, when you look at a pattern that you're never really having a lot of luck, and you have to kind of, they're like, yeah, and like, Do so. you usually find, like, your sweater stick your
0: dog when you're... T-
1: yeah, and it's, like, kind of hard. So, and and it's usually a really easy fix. Um, often I have found that people who knit too tight are working their stitches too close to the points to of To the tip, needles. exactly. Um, and if you just say, like, when you finish a stitch, like, just... M- Move. It, move it down move on it. the needle. And exactly.
0: they're like, oh. Why would okay. I do that?
1: And then they knit, like, around. And they're like, that's amazing.
0: <laughs> I know. That's amazing. <laughs> I know. Um,
1: And if they're knitting too <laughs> loose, they're, like, probably pulling the, the stitches too far. You know, uh-huh. I, one woman, I'm going to out one of our employees. Okay. She was such a loose knitter. And it was, like... She was like, yeah, I have, like, so many pairs of, like, quadruple zero needles because I just can't, like, knit with, you know, anything finer than a sport weight because I'm such a loose knitter. Oh, my. And then she wanted to make a pair of color work, like, hand warmers, and they just came out so weird. Like, all the stitches were so long and narrow. Kate and I are, like, looking at them and we're just like, I don't understand. What is... Happening? Mm-hmm. Like, what you're doing? So we finally were like, we're going to watch you knit. Sit down and knit. Like, sit down and knit. And she was like, oh, what? It's <laughs> like, get over here. <laughs> knit. Tied
0: her down, made her knit.
1: And she was, she knit continental, which is fine. Yeah. But she would pick the yarn through with her right-hand needle and then... Pull the right hand needle way over to the right to pull the stitch off.
0: Okay. And, and it take. Was I'll be going for a little trip. The
1: stitch. So every stitch was really long.
0: Oh my heavens! I thought maybe she was like wrapping twice or something.
1: No, she was just like pulling it too hard, and we were like, keep just keep everything keep together. closer together, because also you're going to destroy your wrist if you're having. This is my my PSA, a public service announcement okay. for everybody. If you are having a lot of pain with your knitting, you need to really look and think about like the mechanics of what you're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: If you're making these really huge motions mm-hmm. with your knitting, where you're like throwing your finger like
0: mm-hmm. over the
1: work and twisting your wrist, everything you make. Less movement. Exactly. Figure out how to do what you're doing with making as little movement as
0: possible. Well, try to be as efficient as you can, and that generally yeah. will, like, I knit combination, and when I knit, I don't move my wrist at all. Yeah. I knit like this. It's just just, it's just yeah. like that. So That was one of the classes I taught today, and in, inevitably in that class, I have a few people who are like, that's amazing, and they'll sit and they'll start knitting with it, and they're like, my wrist isn't moving, I can actually knit again. Yeah. You know, and it's, okay, yay. Yay. I tell people, we don't knit because we're made to. We knit, and we don't knit to make things. We think we knit to make hats and stuff, but we don't. We knit to make ourselves happy. And if you're not happy in your knitting, you are the only one who really is in control and can change what's going on.
1: Yeah. And your needles are a tool.
0: Exactly. So
1: you need to use them efficiently.
0: Exactly. There
1: is a proper way to use a hammer.
0: Well, yes, there is. Like,
1: the most efficient way so you don't injure yourself and yes the same, I think goes for your knitting needles like yes let use your tool let your tool do the work for you I agree and
0: yeah, yeah. I'm with you
1: you do like a the eastern combined
0: yeah some cross- people call it that da- I, like da- da- I like to call it combination combination yeah
1: I yeah you know, when I first started knitting that was how I did it and I didn't know that it was like, I didn't know it was different. Like, I right. thought that was how everybody knit. And it wasn't until I started wanting to do lace. Uh-huh. And was like, this doesn't look right. Like, why doesn't this ever look right? And then I realized that I knit differently than everybody else.
0: And the sad thing is, is it, well, not sad, but there's only two things that that, that you need to alter slightly. Right. And, that's, and I
1: figured out what yeah that was. And, like, whatever. But now I, I have since transitioned to doing the more standard yeah method my tension is a little better that way uh-huh. I was a really loose knitter uh-huh doing combination knitting so um but I I like that I know both and like really understand the mechanics of how they both work yeah because especially teaching throughout all of these years inevitably there's someone in class right. who does it and doesn't know that they're doing yes, it. yes
0: uh, often they don't and they try desperately to knit all of their stitches through the front loop because they've been told that's how you do it. And they're twisting all yeah, of their stitches. Yeah, and it's well they twist every other row. Yeah. You know, I so I had a
1: woman uh I taught at the yarn cupboard retreat in uh Syracuse and I, I don't remember what the class was. It was like, you know, colour work or a lace or right, something or right. whatever. And um every other row was twisted. Exactly in her work. And I was like, can I watch you knit mm-hmm. for a minute and she was like yeah sure whatever and I was like I don't, don't want to make you nervous like whatever and I was like do you know that you're twisting your stitches and she was like I, I don't know what you're talking about so do I showed you know. her and I like you know like look at how the stitch sits on your right. needle like look at when you wrap it you know like how the stitches sort of has that extra twist in it like da da da, da. and I showed her how to this sort of standard method or whatever. And she was like, I don't really care what we're doing in class. I'm just going to do this. <gasps> that's excellent. For the rest of class. Because well, that's said, what she
0: got out of it. That's yeah. what she, yeah. She was
1: like, I honestly just thought that all of my friends were better knitters than I was.
0: Oh, man. I was like,
1: that is so heartbreaking. And she probably just
0: thought it was so, why is it so damn hard to knit? Yeah. I've had people say like, that to me. I do, knitting is so hard. And I'm like, well, it's because you're trying to make the stitch do what it doesn't want to do. So if you, if you treat the stitch the way the stitch needs to be treated, the stitch is going to be your friend forever. Mm-hmm. But if like I tell them, if you go in the stitch and the stitch opens up really wide, that's a happy stitch. Yay! If you go in the stitch the way the stitch doesn't want to be knitted, it'll cross its legs, and that's the stitch's way of saying no. No. And no means no.
1: Yeah.
0: And they usually get that. Yeah.
1: It's cool, too, because I think once you sort of explain it to somebody, they are able to look at their knitting in a whole new right way. Like, it's... Being able to visualize what's happening in your own work is really important for getting really good at it. Like exactly. You have to be able to see it.
0: Yeah. And I think once they learn about that, it helps them understand the architecture mm-hmm. and the grammar of knitting. And when they do that... They have no boundaries. Yeah. They can do, do any, you know, I, I had a student in my class who'd never cabled, and, and she took my, like, cable mania class. I was like, okay. So I teach them the cabling without a cable needle, which is how I do all the cables. And then we did, you know, the braided cable and this and that and whatever. And she was really good. And she was also really stunned that she was good. And so she came back to my double knitting class today, mm-hmm. and she was really good. And as she was leaving class, she's like, no, how can I cable and double knitting? I'm oh like, my god! <laughs> like, well, I'm not the person to tell you that because my head would explode. But yeah. you figure it out I and let me know. I'm positive it can be done.
1: Yeah.
0: I would die.
1: I don't want to do it.
0: No, I don't it want to do it either. It could be done. I don't want to do it because I would be, um, I'd probably be put away <laughs> if I did that. It'd come for you. They wouldn't have to come for me. I would run to them with open arms. Be <laughs> like, open the gate, let, me, let in, me in. Close it, and please hide the knitting needles. Yeah,
1: take these away from me.
0: This has been, I am not, I'm not blowing smoke. The most enjoyable podcast that you have <laughs> taped because we have bullshitted about everything.
1: And we got to sing a little bit.
0: I got to sing. Did you get to sing? What you sing? Sing something. Actually,
1: um, what do you want me to, I
0: don't know. Sing something. Sing, <laughs> bless ah. the Lord, my soul.
1: Oh. Oh bless the Lord my soul, oh bless the Lord my soul. That's how it ends. That's the only part I remember. That's all I remember. Oh I don't know. bless
0: the Lord my soul, his mercies bear in mind. I should know that. Oh. I used to know the whole damn thing. I don't remember. I was never thing. in Godspell. I costumed Godspell once and I probably okay. saw 58 productions of it. I'm sorry. About what?
1: That you had to see that many productions of it.
0: I thoroughly enjoyed it because it was the 70s. Nice. And you know what? That's all we had to do. Yeah. If you weren't going to a disco, you were watching Godspell. That sums up the 70s right there. There you are. Yeah. Do you You... remember
1: that roller skating musical? Yes. What the hell was that called? It was
0: called um, Starlight Express. Starlight
1: Express. Yeah.
0: Only he
1: <laughs> has the power to move me. What a weird gimmick!
0: Do you remember the musical that was about the skating rink?
1: No. Called the Rink. No, I don't know that With one.
0: With Liza Minnelli and Cheetah Rivera.
1: That's amazing, and I'm gonna go back to my room and Google it. It was on Broadway. Yeah.
0: I worked on Broadway. Awesome. I know. I didn't work on the rink. I worked on, I work, you, know, you know the movie My Favorite Year? Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's a really good, you got to watch that movie. It's a very good movie. They did, it's got Mark Lynn Baker in it, and um, uh, uh, the guy who was Lawrence of Arabia, Peter.
1: Peter O'Toole. Peter
0: O'Toole. Um, they did a musical version of it. Mm. And um, Tim Curry, was the Peter O'Toole character. Nice. And I was one of the costume assistants on it. Yeah. I'm glad was... they
1: didn't do a musical of Lawrence in Arabia. That would be
0: horrible. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be like the worst thing I can imagine. An opera, maybe. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I cannot sit through that damn thing to save my life. And you know, as a costumer, I, I just I look at it and all I can do is say, would someone fix the damn makeup?
1: Oh, yeah, that was
0: bad. I'm the worst person to go to a movie with because all I do is sit there and go, the hair, oh, my God, the hair. Oh, somebody changed that blouse. Oh, my God, they didn't have buttons then. I'm, I'm the worst. I went to see A Christmas Carol at the Guthrie, and all I could think of was, why are the Cratchits so damn poor when obviously they've invented the zipper? All of their clothes zip up, and the zipper wasn't really invented till 1914, so they should be rich. You would
1: think. Mm-hmm. But no one believed in that. It wasn't till Bob Cratchit <laughs> died that they were like, "This is brilliant." And then,
0: <laughs> and little tiny Tim became the zipper king. Yeah. Of of London.
1: But but Bob never got to see it happen. He died before they realized.
0: But he died happy because his son didn't die. Yeah. Yeah, he died before his son. That's all. That's all. Bob Cratchit wanted was to die before his kids. <sighs> I want this conversation to go on forever, but I have to end it because okay. I have to go down and break down our booth, pack everything up, put in the. Goddamn trailer. I got up this morning, like, early, like 6, and I thought, I'm going to hitch the trailer up, and I'm going to park it where it needs to be loaded. So I did that. and oh, then, good for you. Well, yeah, because I'm wonderful. And then I'm in the middle of teaching my class, and I get a note from a thing from my business partner saying, well, they made the announcement, and I had to move the truck and the trailer because they were going to tow it. <laughs> So I was really helpful. And now she's down there packing up the booth by herself. All
1: right. Well, you need to go save her.
0: I'm so sorry. This has been a delight. This is
1: really fun. Let,
0: please, let's get together again, and we'll do another podcast. Yeah, and we'll do it with see. Kathleen next time, because she's so funny and lovely. Cool. We'll see if we can get Kate in on it. Yeah.
1: Maybe we'll make it out to Minneapolis for some thing.
0: Please come I'll and teach.
1: I'll look into Yarn
0: Over. Yarn Over's great. Yeah, and they I would love to say, have you.
1: I'll teach anywhere that people ask me to come
0: teach. Come out to Yarn Over and then look at all the yarn. You probably have yarn shops there that carry. Tons. Them. Okay. Check with them and see yeah. if they'll have you teach also. Make a whole week out of it. Yeah. Yarn in the spring. It's in late April. It's the most beautiful oh, time nice. of the year. A you can rent it. We have the nice bikes all over the place. You can rent it. You can ride around like a maniac. You will never want to leave.
1: Cool.
0: Sold. Thank you. Thank all you right. so much. Thank you. And I'll see really you fun. soon, sweetie pie. You've been listening to the Mode Knit Yarn podcast, and we hope you enjoyed it. The music in the show is Manchester Mystery by Brett Van Donsel, used with Creative Commons license. Sign up at iTunes to hear all of our podcasts, and you can visit our website at www.modenityarn.com. Be sure to follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, and on Twitter, all using Mode Knit Yarn. Copyright 2017.
1: dying with Annie Modnet.